This is the Race Day Report for Wednesday, February 7th. I'm your host, Eastlob, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac and Kyle McFadden. Me and Kovac, by the way, people listening and watching at home, are in the same building. He's just poolside. I'm in the library hanging out. Uh, maybe we'll switch spots during the podcast and kind of like get the uh, viewers and audience confused a little bit. But uh, I don't know, Kovac. I'm growing to press. It's the final week of East Bay. Uh, emotions are going to set in. Got rained out on Monday. They're going to make up the program throughout the week. We're recording this on Tuesday. So when you guys watch and listen, you we already know the results of night number one of the Winter Nationals. But I don't know, Kovac. It's, uh, you've kind of dealt with this before in the big block world with tracks closing and you know iconic stuff like that whether it was Syracuse or Flemington this is kind of my like first big big track that you know famous across the nation closing down uh it's starting to get surreal a little bit yeah I I saw we haven't been over to the racetrack yet and we'll, we'll be going over there uh you know very soon right after this but uh I saw pictures already on uh you know on Facebook. I think Rick Schwally put them up from the Lucas Oil Series. Put puts them up. They have a huge like like mural or you know just a big poster thing on the wall, banner or whatever. Uh, all the you know says like you know memories and stuff. You know thanks for the memories uh, in the pit area there. And it has like pictures of all the Lucas Oil winners there over the years. And uh, I think that'll get a lot of attention obviously this week. And that'll remind everybody about what's happening. That this is the the last winter nationals for East Bay and uh, bringing back a lot of memories. I'm sure when you go look at all those pictures uh, uh, over there, um, we'll, we'll see like uh, you make bring you know, you'll just be thinking about like how these guys won those races and, and uh, it'll, it'll jog your memory a little bit more than just, uh, you know, thinking back when you see a picture, it'll probably help, but man, it, it, it'll be weird. It, I haven't had, I've had, you know, too many, I guess, tracks that I went to a lot. Uh, that have closed down over the years. Obviously, the first track I went to was Flemington in New Jersey, and that one closed down. And, and then East Windsor Speedway in New Jersey closed down. And then Syracuse, a track that I went to for, for the mile for Super Dirt Week for you know almost 30 years, uh, that closed down in 2015. And and all it's 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 weird. I mean, this won't be exactly like those. Like Syracuse was the last big track that closed down that I'd been to a lot. And I remember, like, we, we, nobody wanted to leave, really, afterwards. Everybody, we hung out after that race, took a golf cart ride after around the racetrack, and we were chopping off pieces of the concrete wall to take some pieces home and stuff, picking up dirt. People were all over the racetrack picking up dirt, putting them in little bottles. And, um, and, I, and I can imagine it'll be a lot like that, because a lot of people won't. I mean, there will still be another late model race at East Bay in October, right. that Lucas race, that'll be 50,000 to win, but it won't be – winter nationals you know it'll be a totally different feel so and not everybody from winter nationals will be there so i think that'll there will be a interesting feel outside at east bay on saturday i mean it's not the last race ever there but it's the last winter nationals and that'll be weird well it's just like the charm of the place kovac we were kind of talking about it last night moyer's dominance throughout the years he's going to end up being the all-time wins leader during winter nationals you had like the tide conspiracy, if it's high tide or low tide, well, the moisture comes back in. You have the big hillside where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, you had the uh, Terry Casey, Josh Richards thing like, well, I mean, obviously Eldora has the lore, but East Bay, it definitely has that late model lore, and it's just late model to the bone during speed weeks. And I think 
especially us late model diehards are, you know, going to be sad to, sad to see it gone uh, next year. Oh, no doubt. Uh, it, it's East speed weeks just feels like East Bay those two weeks. Uh, East Bay wasn't 60 days from the beginning. I mean, it, it expanded. I think it started out with like only a, you know, a couple or three and then expanded out the, you know, eventually into the six. I think it's, it's been more than 20 years that it's been six races now. So, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of races for, for anyone to go to one track anymore. You know, there's not that many, you know, regular, you know, guys that race just one track uh, much anymore. They're all, <clears throat> all over the place. So you got, Everybody, all these people in the pits, there's so many of them that East Bay and, and Volusia are the racetracks they've been to more than anywhere, it seems like, over the last 20 years, if they've been around that long, because uh, they get so many you know, piled up right, you know, on top of each other. And that's what's, uh, you just get into a, a flow, I mean, uh, of, of this every year. Hey, we're going to Tampa, and then we go across the state, we go to Volusia, uh, you know, for another six days. And, man, that, that, that that aura of that uh, disappears with, with East Bay gone. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy week. It'll be a lot of last or first last of things like the, you know, last Tuesday of East Bay, last Wednesday and so on and so forth. Kyle McFadden on the other side, you've never stepped foot on East Bay. Yeah, we don't like to see racetracks close. It's going to take a big hit, I think, for Speed Weeks as a whole and just the dirt, you know, racing world. Uh, just what's your overall initial reactions to it? Because, you know, you don't have like this emotional connection, like maybe me and Kovac and like several other, like the dirt on dirt staffers have been going for a long time. I think, yeah, it's a good word to use emotional connection, emotional attachment. Like, you know, I can, I, I compared it in fast talk to like a family member that you were never close with or that you never really had a chance to really get to know or, you know, have some kind of personal transaction with like passing away. It's like, yeah, like I am sad. I'm gutted. Uh, but at the same time, it's weird. Cause it's like, I can't partake in any of what, uh, you know, like the banner that Schwally posted on his Facebook of all the memories and stuff. I saw that too. And, uh, I know a lot of people shared that from his personal Facebook page and liked it and <coughs> had a lot of like reactions to it. And, and I'm just kind of sitting there almost like, man, like, you know, that's cool, but I can't really connect with that because I've never been. And like, I can see the highlights and stuff on, on like Dirt on Dirt, looking back through the years. I mean, there's been some epic moments uh, at East Bay. Like I saw like Don O'Neill's save from like 2017 when he was racing like Jonathan Davenport and uh, even today, or as we're recording this on a Tuesday, like Austin Hubbard's you know, scrap with Scott Bloomquist and just like different, all kinds of different um, just stories and backstories and uh, that um, that I was unaware of or that I wasn't fully aware of until some of those memories are shared now in the last week of, of Speed Weeks uh, at East Bay. And so um you know i'm a junkie for a history of the sport and now this is obviously my third year working here at dirt on dirt and flow and uh, i still have some catching up to do when it comes to that sometimes but um no i mean it's 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 sad i mean obviously it's sad right and like i read kovac's column was it last week about his speed week memories and stuff and 
Um, I mean, you you guys have a lot of memories to to chew on and reflect on. And I guess as for me, it's like I'm I'm just now making Speed Week memories. This is my second Speed Week, so um, it's just like uh, it's emotional. It's very sentimental, and um, you know, I guess the 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 thing is like for this week, like I guess the car count's going to be in the seventies or eighties, even me. 80s even maybe so um i mean everybody is you know th that just speaks for itself as to from a competitor aspect and 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 i mean we don't see car counts that high really until eldora um you know the pdc i mean there's there's only a very select few races that will we ever see over the course of a calendar year that draw those kind of car counts so I mean, that speaks for itself right there, you know, that uh, the impact that East Bay has had on not just us as media, but obviously the competitors, too. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to just watching how uh, the last week there for Speed Weeks plays out. Yeah, they're going to come out of the woodworks for sure. Drivers, fans, they're going to fill that place to the rafters, I think, for uh, the, that finale there, uh, the Winter Nationals. And Kovac is just kind of like, it almost is like a family reunion type thing because just how many drivers do we see? Like, I know we've seen Billy Pouts there before. You see former drivers like Jason Cover and others. Like, they all come down to East Bay because it's been going around for, you know, since 1979 or what, 78, whenever it first came around. Like, it's been embedded so much in our brains in the dirt racing world that, like, I don't know, it's going to be kind of crazy. Like, in two years, we're not going to be doing that you know, seeing the different legends of the sport coming to, you know, to East Bay for at least one night or and just checking it out. Yeah, you could probably put an all-star race together of all the, you know, drivers that aren't racing, but that, you know, that, that are, you know, the, the maybe don't race them more or don't race like uh, very far off of their home tracks uh, that come down. And you said like Jason Covert, I mean, Gary, I mean, Gary Stuller always is at East Bay, it seems like, and I would expect him to be there again. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Billy Pouch, and I always see Steve Shaver down there. You know, Steve Shaver's walking around the pits still uh, every year, and, and uh, it, it'll it'll be neat to to see all those guys. I mean, everyone wants to you know experience that last one. Uh, I'll go back to that Syracuse uh, mile for that last race. It was the biggest had there in a while, and there were so many people that were coming back, uh, old racers, uh, you know, older fans, and get take in that one more Syracuse race and. And it'll be like that for, for winter nationals, I'm sure, uh, you know, this week. And uh, man, it, it, it just, it, and all those guys have so many memories too. That's what, that'll be cool. I mean, I, I, I want to seek those guys out all week and ask them what they're, what, what they remember from uh, some days back, probably like, you know, say late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, you know, I've been going there since 98, not every year. I didn't cover it. I've only covered every race since 2000, 2015, but, the first time I went there was like 98. I, I remember bringing, you know, one time I gave Tim McCready a ride over. One time I gave Ken from, from Volusia because I would cover a couple of nights. And Kenny Brightbill, you know, a former late model guy in the 80s, a big block superstar. He's like, oh, can I get a ride over to East Bay for the finale? And I remember, you know, he's talking to Donnie Moran in Victory Lane after Moran won the finale that way because you know, he had raced with Donnie in the 80s too. And um, and, and that was pretty neat. And uh, like, uh, there'll be, a, there'll be a lot of, uh, uh, faces you see walking through the pits that, that don't have his uniforms on, but are, are real big names in the sport. Uh, and, and that'll be, that'll be interesting to see.
Kovac, I was just looking at the history. Nine years ago, Billy Boyer won four or three of the final four nights. Like, just how good he was there. He's mm-hmm. going to be the all-time wins leader, but just he's like in his high 50s at the time, and he's still winning three of four at East Bay against the yeah. best drivers in the country. Yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're like wondering. Uh, that was our fast talk question this week, you know, uh, true or false. Will Tim McCready be the only 40 or older guy to win during speed weeks? And he, he's only one. So, you know, uh, as of a beginning of a day, he was the only one, you know, she's oh, older than 33 to win uh, during speed weeks yet this year. Um, uh, and it's, it is a, a changing of the guard. You know, uh, there's so many younger guys now that do it, but man, yeah, Billy Moyer was still doing it. Um, at, at three, three wins, three wins, you know, like, uh, who, who in their fifties would like, uh, this year could even do that. I mean, a, a Jimmy Owens, maybe that's a, you know, if he got on a roll or something, but man, that, that's how Billy Moore was so good. And, and what, I, that's one thing I noticed about Billy, he's won like at least one race during speed weeks for, I think it was 26 years, 26 years. That's older than that's more speed weeks winning years than a lot of these guys. I mean, Hudson O'Neill's not even 26, you know? So uh, that that's uh, the that's how much uh, history Billy Moyer especially has at a, at a East Bay because he's been to so many of them. Yeah, too bad he's uh, not coming to this one. Too bad he won't. Be I know. There I still have like a weird. Some, yeah. Yeah. Right. He should show insurance. up. I yeah. still have a weird feeling that he'll be there. But uh, between 2013 and 2014, he won six of the 12 events there. I know. I like you know cool in his 50s, just calm and collected. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing with Billy Moyer when you do like the debate between. Scott Bloomquist and Billy Moyer, like Moyer, just dominates Florida where everybody's at. So, like, that gives him a good argument if you're mm-hmm. trying to make that debate. Uh, so, we're talking a little bit about history or Kyle McFadden. What are some current storylines that you're thinking and watching uh, as we head into East Bay this week? What's uh, kind of the, some stuff that you're going to keep your eyes on? Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, got to see. Oh, sorry. I'm like, I jumped in there. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, all good. Um, I was just like thinking about like Tyler Irv and his win last year and where he stands, you know, going into this year. I mean, I, I've had, I followed Turbo back at the Wild West shootout. Um, obviously, I'm home now, but I covered him at Gold Niles and Ocala uh, and then All Tech 2. And just like, I feel like Turbo is like, let's face it, like the dark cloud and everything that, you know, he had to, that was kind of like hovering over him last year after the death of his father. And, you know, that, you know, he doesn't like to really talk about it. And it's obviously hard for him to talk about, but that, you know, that really impacted him all of last year. And um, to kind of see where he's at now uh, going into East Bay, especially after that run on uh, Tuesday night, last Tuesday at Ocala, you know, I really think that, you know, he's due for at least a win this week. Wouldn't surprise me if he wins twice, but um, I think he's good for at least a win. And it just seems like, it just seems like every year, I I know that, uh, you know, these, the, that, that there's three features this week that doesn't count for points, but it like last year, like Ashton Winger, you know, he won one Ryan Gustin. So, uh, you, you always see some guys who are, you know, the, the third tier, second tier guys, mainly the third tier, you know, crop of drivers who are trying to break into that second tier, uh, really find their footing and, and find their way. And, um, you know, those are the guys that I'm like looking at, uh, Dalton Wilson, 
Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit. I think he's got what six six runner ups now after All Tech on Saturday, um, and so and even Ryan Gustin too. Uh, he's really picking up steam uh, with Todd Cooney, um, and then also Clay Harris. Right? Could could he? I mean, he's had a pair of top fives and he's led laps and uh, through six races now. He's ninth in Lucas points going into this week and. I mean, he's proven that uh, he can hang with them, uh, hang with uh, those guys. And so, um, obviously, like, you know, we talk about, like, the Ricky Thornton Juniors of the world, which, by the way, you know, Ricky Thornton hasn't won at East Bay ever. So, uh, you know, can can he, like, knock that right. off of, uh, you know, his list, his growing list of accomplishments? Uh, so it just seems like uh, you know, East Bay offers an opportunity for everybody to step up and, um, you know, reach, you know, find ways to win in ways that maybe some drivers have never won before. So uh, those are the, those are some of kind of the storylines that I'm looking at, uh, but mainly Tyler Herb, you know, I really think that this is going to be a year of like resurgence for him. Um, and I think that's already started. And I think that's going to reach a, a, another level this week, perhaps at, at East Bay. So that's what I have. Some good, definitely storylines. Tyler Herb has five career East Bay victories. And I kind of mentioned it on uh, the video cast, Kovac, just like what charm of Speed Weeks is, is that like, a, you know, a, maybe not a no-namer, but a guy you don't think is going to win has like that 24 hours of like star star power when they win. Like, you know, like Ashton Winger won last year, Ryan Gustin, they had like that 24 hours to like, Hey, we're the King of Florida at this moment. And you know, it, it, it changes some people's career, especially if you get a win here at East Bay, I feel like. Well, how about, you know, I'm just thinking like, I'm looking through the list and a few of them, uh, one of them, how about the Tim Dome back in 2007 when he won one of the, uh, you know, one at East Bay, that was a pretty big deal. I mean, that was, uh, you know, like that, that's, He's known. You'll see Tim Dome now. People remember that he won at East Bay, and uh, and what's that? Seventeen years ago now. Uh, I mean that that one. It's carried that. He's he's carries that through. Like I mean, he might as well have that on his race car. East Bay. Everybody remembers that. Uh, there's there's so many eyes on on down here. And uh, uh, I mean, another other guy, some like yeah, you know, Terry Casey. I mean, he had a uh, he had a couple years where obviously he was like really in the mix. I mean, he was a big name. Uh, he, he won. In 2008, he he won a race here, and then uh, he also had that deal, you know, with uh, with Josh Richards when Josh was running the uh, the Ernie Davis car, and then he kind of took exception to Josh and ran into him. And I mean, yeah, how about Tyler Reddick winning in 2011? Uh, you know, the the teen. I'm, how old was he? Yeah, I think he was older than 11 by then, right? So yeah, he was. <laughs> right. I think he was but, maybe uh, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was. One is one of his two dirt late model wins before you know going full time NASCAR racing, and uh, and so that's a, that's one that re, everyone remembers, and and one I remember too. Probably like the first one that I covered from 2015 on was back in 2016 when uh, when Mason Ziegler won the finale uh, that year. I mean, he he was known obviously. He'd been running some regional stuff. He'd had good runs. I think he kind of broke out that one year during the summer nationals, right, Derek? You know when he uh, during that, was, that Ohio swing and he, man, it was like, he was, he was, he was really good. Those, uh, 
and, and won some races that, that, that stretch. And then he comes in 2016. That was obviously his biggest win uh, at, at that point. And, uh, and that was a kind of a shocker that, that he pulled off the, the big night win too. And, uh, and, and beat some good guys, you know, obviously to, to do it. And that kind of put him on the map. Uh, that's a, and that's a, something that, that could happen at East Bay, you know, when you, you win, you get, you get yourself, uh, you get yourself known a little bit better. Hey, do you believe in the tide conspiracy? Like, like Steve <laughs> yeah. Francis believes or what? I, it seems like it. I mean, they're really close. I mean, you see that, um, you watch the races this week, uh, uh, you know, watch the broadcast. And you'll see that drone up in the air. When that drone's up, you see how close it is to the to the bay there. You know, it's it's there was a cool shot. I think I guess it was from it, it's in the uh, the crew diaries this way. It ends. I think it's at the end of the crew diaries, uh, the second episode, and it's from last year, I believe. And it's the sun setting over the water, and you know, was as the drone is above the racetrack. I mean, unbelievable shot. It's so so cool the way the sun was the the colors and everything but it really does show you how close that racetrack is uh to, to the water and i mean it has to it must make an effect somehow i mean it's it, it, it's got to do something with with the ground i would imagine i, I just don't, i mean unless it's just because of the dampness i mean man the, the dampness is is really noticeable i mean in all the racetracks really here in florida you you see all that you see, uh you know the on on their car when you go back out to it in the parking lot you got to put the windshield wipers on uh, at the end of the night usually because it's it's so damp and that's why you're a hero one night or you're a zero the next night just because how <laughs> the track changes so much throughout the week like i feel like they could put the same amount of water on it, the same you know process of putting the track prep it together and it's completely different. Like sometimes it just dries way quicker than others. Other times it's just slimy for two or three hours. Like it's a different, it's a different curveball every single night for these drivers. Yeah. It's the element of surprise, right? I think that's, <laughs> I've, anybody that you talk to about East Bay, like I hear it, I heard it even in the sprint car pit area and you, and you still hear it in any dirt racing circle is, it's all contingent upon the tide, or it seems to be. Uh, I mean, that's that's the. I mean, that's 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 been like the, the age-old question or belief or theory that it's probably not a theory. I mean, that's that's reality. It seems, and and so, but, um, yeah. As Kovac was talking, like you know, I saw that like aerial shot too, at the end of crew uh, the the latest Crew Diaries episode and. Um, you know, I didn't even realize either just how close, like you can look at like Google maps and, and see how close like the track is to the water, but until you really see it for yourself, like that picture, um, I mean, now, it, now it makes sense as to, as to why, like the tide maybe has such a dramatic influence on how that place races and the temperament of that track. I think it's very temperamental. And so um, but I mean, like, that's what, you know, people talk about like Ocala and how that's so unpredictable and even all tech at times has, has been like, you know, it has produced different racing on different nights in terms of, you know, slick versus, you know, really like choppy, uh, elbows up kind of racing and. Uh, whereas like Gold Niles is like you kind of know what you expect. And then there's East Bay, 
and East Bay just seems like it can fall on any side of the spectrum, but it doesn't really seem to matter what what East Bay you get. I think people just, uh, you know, it's that as I started, you know, my little spiel here, here it's like element of surprise. And so, um, you know, that's also added into the charm of East Bay. And I don't I don't think there's any other racetrack in, or any other dirt track in the entire world that can that can say that. Um, and so, uh, I always found that unique, um, as for everybody else, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm curious as to know, like, you know, does, has Todd, Todd Turner kept stats of like, you know, who's won, like when the tide's high and who's won when the tide's low, <laughs> you know, I wonder if we can find that anywhere. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting. I know we did a story on it with like Steve Francis talking about it. So very interesting stuff. And then you have, like, I think Randall Edwards, the crew guy, he doesn't believe in the Tide thing. Like he said, it's just made up stuff. So uh, very interesting perspective on the whole thing. And then Kovac, one of the funnier things is I think at some point when the track's so slick and slow down the bottom there, I think I can out-sprint them. Like I can run faster than they're driving in that corner. Like they're, like, crawling, going slow. And we saw that a few years ago where Shepard got around the top and started passing all of them. But – those restarts there out of four, you've seen it when it's slick like that. You get no grip to start. It, it, it's, it's bananas that we don't see in any, any other track in the country. Yeah, a lot of slipping and sliding. I, I'll never forget that one. I, I, can't, I can't remember what – I don't forget the race, but I'm not sure exactly what year. I have to do a little backtracking there to exactly what year it was. And it, it was, was I know Shepard won that, but that night you talked about where, like, it's just in the middle of the race. Uh, it, it was the weird – I thought ca- a caution flag was out. And if you remember that, Derek, I mean, the yeah. car slowed down so much. The track got so, like, slick or, you know, slippery. And and, and everybody just had to, like, suck down. And it was like the weird – it wasn't rubbered or anything like that. I mean, it got slow. It got slow. It seemed like the cars were stopping almost. It was like, yeah, Derek could even outrun it, you know, <laughs> one of those cars. And, and the motors were just they, – they just sl- – they were so quiet. It seemed like a caution was out and, but somehow Shepard was able to kind of just barrel around that top. He just kept banging around that top and, and he was able to make passes to win, but man, it, it, it was just, it was, I, I remember that as one of the weirdest races I've maybe ever seen just the way the track changed like that. I, I'd never seen, usually see a track if it, if it cuts, you know, changes, it becomes like a, a fast rubbered up track or, 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 you know, typically but man this was like this slow thing that looked like a caution was that it, it that was that that was like a, a, a east bay in a nutshell almost where like you, you see something you're not expecting all right final thing i'm going to ask you guys about east bay who's going to be the king of east bay 2024 kovac who at the end of the week who's going to be the king you're like damn he had a good uh tampa area oval dominance uh, put give it to uh, I'll put my money on Hudson O'Neill. Uh, again, he won what three races last year? I think he won uh, three. Of the, was it three of the last four that that he won um, at at the track? I mean, he won. Uh, yeah, yeah. February eighth, fe- February 9th, February tenth, February thirteenth. He won last year, and, and those were his first wins of Speed Weeks. His first wins in the Rocket Chassis House Car. That's where he came alive. And right. man, if, if you think back. We have to figure it out too. I'm not, I have to figure like how many wins uh, the Rocket Chassis House Car has at uh, East Bay. I mean, got some with Josh. Got you know, um, 
in some back in the day, probably I think with Francis maybe too and Johnson. And, and I mean that 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 cars had a lot of success there. Mark Richards has had a lot of success. Rocket chassis have had a lot of success there too. And uh, but Hudson, man, he just he figured something out. He'd won there before before the Rocket car, but uh, the way he won last year just that was the that was the light that that clicked on in his head about how hard to run the rocket one car and and uh, after that he was off and running obviously and and i think now coming back for a second year i mean there there's no adjustment period here now that he has to figure out how hard to run this car he's figured it out already over the year uh, over the last past year and and, uh in east bay is that's a place that's a place that fits him you know Maybe we'll get a good battle, a good Ricky Thornton, Hudson O'Neill battle. That would be a pretty good one uh, to to close out Winter Nationals at uh, at East Bay. Yeah, Hudson O'Neill probably one of the favorites, no doubt about it. This week going into East Bay, how about you, Kyle McFadden? Who's going to be the king of it by by a uh, Saturday night when we're looking back on it? I had Hudson O'Neill too before Kevin had claimed uh, you know his pick there, and you know I counted. I mean, I'm going, I'm trying to count the Rocket One wins right now as we speak at East Bay. Um, I think they have 10 of them going back to 2018 on on the whole, and I'm still going down the list and trying to count all of them. So, um, and also too, like Hudson, I mean, he's won there before. I mean, he won there back in 2021. So it's not like, you know, he hopped in the Rocket One machine and started winning there. I mean, he's been winning there now for the past few years really since 2021 and he's gotten around that place well and i i think like um you know you just look at the numbers and you look at what mark has accomplished there with his team and then you just look at hudson and 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 how that track has fit him and then you know you combine those two together for the past year and look at what they're accomplishing now i mean they already have two wins before we're or before uh you know tuesday here as we're recording this and so you know they had six total last year you know we've talked about it here a few times on the show uh and they're well on they're well on their way now to surpassing that and um you know going for what we all think is going to be uh a season uh you know that that could reach over 20 wins or uh, maybe even higher. I know that I had talked with Mark Richards about that after Golden Isles, and he doesn't really get get caught up in all of that. You know, how many wins do you think we're on pace for or our trajectory as a team? He did say, though, you know, he does have that feeling back in him, um, you know, that, hey, yeah, like this, could this be an, another year of, uh, of more memories there for Rocket One? Absolutely. And so, um, you know, back – Back to the point of East Bay, I just think that's going to show this week. And uh, I think he's good for at least two wins, um, at least a win. So, I'm going to go with Devin Moran. I think he's going to have a good week. The Moran family loves East Bay. The whole town of Dresden will probably be there. I think Devin said we have like 100 people coming. So he's going to show out for uh, the nation as well as his hometown fans and family. Uh, he's always good there, and I just think his car is pretty, pretty dialed in so far this season. So I'm going to go with Devin Moran. He's going to be the dominant factor. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll have some good victory lane moments. So I'm going to go with Devin a little bit off the beaten path a little bit. But Quebec, he's pretty good there. And uh, Wiley will be jacked up, and I'm sure Donnie will have a big smile on his face if that's the case by the end of the week. 
Yep, yep. They'll have their spot. Like I think I already saw the like where everybody's parked there in the in the front row at least. I'm pretty sure Devin's right there, right by the Lucas Oil trailer. So and then Mark Richards is right on the other side. So that's it's like that's part of the familiarity of uh of uh East Bay. Like you get some of those guys parked in the same spots for a long time and uh yeah, and De- Devin's really good. I mean, there's always a big crowd around his pit after the race is over. And um what what I just hope for is like I mean like we we got to have at least one good photo finish, you know, got to have one good come from Barber. behind, you know, double digit. Yeah. With double digit starting spot, uh, you know, a guy that comes to win from back in the pack, you know, and there, there will be some final winter nationals anger, you know, from somebody, you know, there's always something that happens, you know, a couple guys get mad at each other and they're, uh, they're arguing in the pits or hopefully it don't boil over too bad, but you know, there'll, there'll be some tension between some guys. Uh, hopefully we get the, uh, for, we get the full experience of, of East Bay of, uh, you know, get get the whole, uh, you know, East Bay Winter Nationals uh, history in like a little microcosm this week. Yeah, we'll get the chaos, the people beating and banging, photo finish, uh, slick racetrack. The tides, uh, yeah, the, the tides, tide, yeah, all that, yeah. A mm-hmm. whole bunch of good stuff there. All right, Kyle, one more thing before we, uh, before we head to East Bay. Yeah, so whoever was watching Screvin this past week, and heard Brandon Overton's interview, know where I'm probably going with this. And so, uh, you know, there's been uh, a lot of uh, swirling and debates and chatter about, you know, what what cars he racing, what chassis he, he's racing. He used the word experiment uh, when describing, uh, you know, what uh, what's working for him right now, his little experiment, I think that's what he called it, is uh, is working for him. And so what could he mean by that? Obviously, I did that interview and wrote that little note uh, on on what he had to tell me on the record about his chassis back at Gold Niles. And so, but uh, there's definitely a little bit more to the story there that, you know, we haven't, or at least I haven't been able to really talk about or share yet. So Hopefully more comes out here pretty soon about that. And I feel pretty comfortable sharing that now after, after he spilled the beans, let's, let's just say in his uh, post-race interview there with Dwayne Keith uh, on Saturday at Screvin. So uh, what exactly is that experiment? Uh, We'll have to find out. Uh, But um, he at, at least spilled the beans there a little bit because certainly a lot of people have been, a lot of people have, have been speculating about, you know, what he's running this year so far and his decal-less car. He doesn't have any stickers on it, on the chassis. So <laughs> we'll just have to see uh, what else more develops and what else more he could share. Yeah, uh, he's kind of hinted at it, hasn't hinted at it, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what's what's going to come to play with that. Uh, but. Overton won at Scrabbin on the finale. Uh, Bloomquist was in the booth, and it was just a good old show yeah. at Scrabbin. Uh, I know Kovacs yes, had some great, great, phenomenal memories at Scrabbin. We've had some good times there. Uh, what's your one more thing, Kovac? <laughs> yeah, I'm still falling out from that one memory, right, Derek? How cold it was. We yes. all know that was one of the coldest races ever, uh, you know, ten more than 10 years ago. But uh, one more thing. I, I, I'll mention just the, the kind of unique scheduling, little unique uh, – uh, idea that uh, that the Lucas Oil and, and, and uh, East Bay officials kind of came up with after the the rain on Monday night. Uh, you know, it, it it came down pretty hard in the morning and it made the track a little messy. You know, so there were, it, it, 
didn't try to go with a race on on Monday night to opener, but this is the last winter nationals. You you don't want to lose any races uh, of the week. So they came up with that, you know, interesting idea of like instead of just doing those double headers, which usually aren't very good, it messes. You know, you Takes start in the afternoon and the, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a long day. Uh, it, you know, wears out tires because you're running in the sun normally, and you know, not good racing, and it affects the racing at night too. So you usually you you have two two shows that probably aren't good, and, and then right. if you try to do it late, you know, then it'll be a real late night. So they did the all right, we're gonna split it up into segments, which is interesting, and um and everyone now after the Tuesday race, the time trials are Monday run after Wednesday's program. Then they run the heat races and, and B mains for uh, for Monday's show. And then after Thursday's race, they run the 25 lap feature. Uh, th- th- Thursday's program, they run the 25 lap feature to ap- add the night. So, you know, um, everybody gets a little extra racing, a little extra competition each night. And uh, it's not at least they, it, it's it's a much better way than trying to shove everything into one day, two shows in a one day. Uh, you know, spread it out over the course of a week. That's it, a, you know, you don't usually see that kind of stuff. And, uh, that's a, a good, good kudos for coming up with a little out of the box idea. And, and hey, you're talking about out of the box scheduling. Maybe next year we might even see that. With we still got to figure out what's going to happen. There's no East Bay next year uh, mm-hmm. for six days before Volusia. What happens? I mean, what does Lucas Oil do? There's no other real racetrack that can really handle six days other than Volusia and in Florida. So maybe they'll have some creative scheduling for next year. How they're going to you know handle their speed weeks? Uh, you know. Uh, stretch of racing so we'll have that'll be an interesting another interesting thing to to keep watch for when that when that announcement comes out yep uh, all eyes and thoughts will be on that i'm sure when they make that announcement of what they're going to do for 2025 Uh, my one more thing is be sure to go to flow youtube facebook and go check out the the crew diary featuring randall edwards Uh, he's back Uh, he said he's back. Cheeseburger. Uh, do, cheeseburger. cheeseburger. He <laughs> said, don't call him cheeseburger and don't do a counter. And then like the first 20 minutes of the first episode, they're just eating food constantly trying to get home from yep. Votto. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, Randall claimed that the reason we brought him back is because the ratings were down the last few years. <laughs> so he's back behind, back behind the camera and uh, helping out Braden Shepard, who's a great, great supporting cast to Randall. Uh, so they have two episodes that came out. So far, so be sure to go check those out. I think we'll get you know two to three more the rest of Speed Weeks for the Crew Diaries. Uh, shout out to Tim Truex, uh, aka Loud Pedal, to get those uh, dialed in. But it'll be a, it'll be some good stuff there at East Bay for the finale. So be sure to check those out on uh, you know Flow Racing because they're they're uh, very well done and Randall's you know taking it and doing a very good job uh, uh, being the crew uh, the crew chief and the Crew Diary star, I guess you should say. So there's my one more thing. Uh, East Bay's finale. Uh, we'll see you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the final four nights. Uh, cannot wait to see what happens there. It's going to be a uh, kind of be kind of sad to uh, see East Bay go. So we got to just just enjoy the final week and have a have a good old time there and check it out on Flow Racing. And hey, if you're within a few hours, drive down here, get to East Bay, get to the Tampa area, and uh, check out some racing because it'll be the final time, at least for February, for uh, East Bay. Raceway Park. Until next time, I'm Derek Kessinger. Thank you for watching the Dirt Reporters. 